you think you know what we're going to talk about. And welcome back to Three Fates Decide. It just sounds more dramatic that way. All right, so this week we are going to be talking about... But just when you least expect it, we changed the game. One Will Smith slapped Chris Rock. I mean, we always celebrated Easter. Harry Potter the Half-Blood Prince. So we're going to do another free talk, freestyle thing. No planned discussion. At the end of the day, only one thing matters. We decide. We're going to hit the, the main highlights. That is the thing that we were saying back in that episode. Quick recap. Three Fates Decide podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Three Fates Decide. My name is Liz, and I am going to be your solo host for this episode. In this episode, I'm going to be discussing anime. Now, some of you listeners may be familiar with anime. Some of you may not be familiar with anime. I won't be spending time lecturing to you guys the history of anime, because otherwise this would end up being a two-hour episode, probably, and involve a lot more research than I've currently done ahead of time for this recording. So I'm just going to stick with some basic facts and just share my own personal history with anime. So what is anime? Anime is actually, in the Japanese context, basically the term that literally means animation. In other words, it's actually a foreign language loan word in origin. However, outside of Japan, the term anime has become synonymous with Japanese-styled animation that is very famous for a certain style, a certain visual look to it. I'm pretty sure even those of you who aren't overly familiar with anime, you probably would recognize what anime looks like. So I'm not going to get into too deeply into the history of anime because there are way, way better sources that I would highly, highly recommend to you. Regardless of how familiar you are with anime, whether you know absolutely nothing about it other than you know this term and this concept exists, or you have been a fan of anime since the 60s and 70s, there are actually a couple of reference books that I highly recommend you check out if you want to know more. One book is actually called The Anime Encyclopedia, A Guide to Japanese Animation Since 1917 written by Jonathan Clements and Helen McCarthy. Now, this book was actually published in 2001, so it's now 2022 as of this recording. So this book has been out for 21 years. So obviously it's going to be missing quite a few anime titles that have been released subsequent to the original publishing of this book. But if you are not overly familiar with anime in general, or maybe you just want to learn more about some of the older anime titles that may or may not be easy for you to get your hands on at this point in time, that is a really great starting resource for you to better understand and get better knowledge of some of the classics in anime. Another actually really good resource that I would also recommend is a book called Japan America by Roland Kelts. It's actually a very interesting book where the author actually discusses, to a certain degree, the history of anime and also the interesting relationship between Japan and America through the lens of anime. 
I actually discovered this book because the author actually was a guest commentator on an episode of Studio 360, which was a podcast that was heavily featured on PRI, NPR, and on my local NPR station, which is WNYC. And then I discovered that he actually wrote a book. So I immediately got my hands on it and I started reading it. And it is a really well-written book and it's a very fascinating look into anime, its history, and also the impact it made both in Japan and in the U.S. So I highly recommend it. So my own history with anime. Basically, as some of you longtime listeners may be aware of, I and the other two co-hosts of this podcast are both children of the 80s, as in we were literally born in the 1980s. So I am part of that generation of people who were in middle school and starting high school in the 90s. And as some of you who happen to be familiar with anime may already know and know where I'm going with this, I'm definitely part of that generation of kids who grew up during one of the golden ages of anime in the United States, which was in the mid-90s. So at this point, I can't even put my finger on exactly which anime series was technically my first anime series, because the funny thing with anime in the United States, especially during the early years of the 80s and into the 90s, was that quite a few companies actually licensed anime series. And the thing was, was that they did stuff to edit the original episodes to make it fit what was deemed appropriate content for kids because the general mentality in the U.S. and arguably in a lot of Western countries is the concept that animated stuff is for children. Now, I'm sure some of you guys listening to this episode are perfectly aware that that's actually a very false, very, very false belief that animation is just for children. But of course, you have to understand, for those of you who happen to be younger than my general age range, is that 30, 40 years ago, people in America totally have this belief that animation was primarily for children. Therefore, there would be a lot of backlash should some of these anime titles be released in the U.S. as they were in terms of like the actual content. Regardless of whether you think that anime should be subtitled only or they should be dubbed, if they were unedited, basically, some of the stuff that would be shown in these anime titles would be completely inappropriate by a lot of American parents, especially at the time. So a lot of heavy editing was done. Editing in regards to localization, which inevitably happens with just translation in general, because there are going to be certain terms, certain concepts that do not exist in Western contexts that totally exist in Japan. So obviously you do have to make some editorial changes to make it accessible for a local market. Although nowadays, if you were to get your hands on anime series, manga, light novels, what, what have you, this is less of an issue because it's not difficult for people to do their own research on the internet to better understand what some of these terminologies may mean. 
And also translators now have like a better grasp of how to translate Japanese terms and Japanese concepts in a way that is accessible and understandable while also offering bonus material that will allow the consumer to actually learn a bit about what the original terminology is, which you definitely will find this if you were to pick up a copy of manga or a light novel. But anyway, so my exposure to anime was definitely in the 90s. Now, like I was saying earlier, I can't quite put my finger on which series was technically my first one. So I'm just going to like tell you that definitely some of the shows that I saw in the 90s were Robotech, Sailor Moon, and Dragon Ball Z. I would say out of the three, what really got me super into anime was most definitely Sailor Moon. And I'm sure for quite a few people, Sailor Moon was also their intro to anime. That or DBZ. Some people will say maybe it was Robotech, but the thing was, was that the way Robotech got edited, as I said, for American consumption, you almost couldn't tell it was anime because they made it so localized that you actually kind of forget that it's actually a foreign animated series. So I never fully grasped that it was actually anime until I was a lot older and then I realized, oh my gosh, you know, that's what it is. So yeah, for me, it was definitely Sailor Moon. And then a few short years later, when I got into high school, Cartoon Network started showing anime in the afternoon, like basically after school hours with their Toonami. And then like not too long after that, they introduced Adult Swim, which some of you are aware of what Adult Swim is. Adult Swim in the early days was actually a mix of adult-oriented cartoons, but also they mixed in anime as well. And what made Adult Swim kind of different with the anime was that actually more unedited in terms of the content. Like they definitely showed way more violence and sexual innuendo that would not be permitted in cartoons that were being aired during the Toonami afternoon block. So for me, one of the shows that I absolutely loved watching during Adult Swim is, of course, one of the modern classics, if you want to call it, Cowboy Bebop. And even today, 20 years later, I still consider Cowboy Bebop one of my top 10 favorite anime series personally. And one of the titles that I would recommend to anyone who has never watched a single episode of anime before and wants to jump into the proverbial pool, that is one of the series that I would highly recommend for any of you newbies to anime to check out because the content is something that I think anyone, no matter what culture you come from, it's totally accessible to you. You would have no difficulty understanding some of the concepts behind the series. If any of you are actually interested, maybe in a future solo episode, I will do a retrospective of Cowboy Bebop. But again, I will leave that for a future episode. 
After my college years, I have to admit, I didn't really watch as much anime anymore because, to be honest, by that point, this was like in the mid-early 2000s. And to a certain degree, my personal interest in anime was kind of wavering at that point because by the time that happened, like I had been interested in anime for like about 10 years at that point and it was a combination of changing interests and also the fact that some of the anime that was coming out during that point in time just didn't appeal to me as much as the stuff that had come out during the 90s and the very early early part of the 2000s. So by the time you get to closer to around 2010, my interest was like wavering and I mostly stopped watching anime at that point. That was actually around the time I started getting interested in K-dramas, which actually I may do a future solo episode about K-dramas, but um, for now, we're going to put a pin on that. And now in recent years, I've been casually watching anime. Like I don't deep dive watch anime the way I used to like 15 years ago, but I have started watching a few series now. Uh, One series that I've been watching has actually been very apropos um, due to the state of the world. It's called Cells at Work. And For those of you who aren't familiar with the series, it's actually a series that I believe is still available on Netflix if you happen to be in the U.S. and Canada. And you can also watch it on Crunchyroll. Although I think Crunchyroll is the better option because Crunchyroll actually has not only season one of Cells at Work, but it also has the season two, the bonus cold special, and they even released the first series of Cells at Work Code Black. But basically the concept of this series is that it's basically about the cells in your body, but they've been anthropomorphized so you follow the adventures of a red blood cell and white blood cell and of course they are both animated and interpreted as a delivery person wearing a red uniform and the white blood cell is basically like a police officer who wears a white uniform so that's one series that i've been really into It's actually a really good series because despite the fact that I do not have a background in medicine or any of the related fields, I've actually learned quite a bit about immunology just from watching that show. And the funny thing is that actually on YouTube, there are reactors who happen to be either doctors or medical students who have done reaction videos to cells of work. And they've commented that the research that was used to create this series, and incidentally, this series was originally um, a manga series. The research involved was very accurate. Like, The creators did a lot of research, did a lot of interviews with actual doctors when they were working on the plots to the episodes. And a lot of these medical students and actual doctors who did the reaction videos, they definitely commented on how like a good chunk of what was presented in these episodes is pretty accurate information. Which isn't to say that you should completely depend on this anime to know about your immune system, but... I would say if you want to get something that is easy to digest in terms of basic knowledge about how your own body works, that is a really good series to watch. And 
best part of all is that the main series, which is Cells at Work, is definitely accessible to not only adults, but also to children. So kids can actually watch it and they learn quite a bit. Cells at Work Code Black, however, I would say would definitely not be appropriate for children because while it has the same concept of anthropomorphized cells in your body having all these adventures, the reason why it's referred to as Code Black is because this is based off of a Japanese like slang term for a company which has a terrible work environment with terrible work conditions and workers are overstressed. Well... In that series, the cells that you are following are actually cells in a very unhealthy body where the body in question is somebody who drinks too much, who smokes too much, and a lot of very adult health issues pop up in that episode. Things like sexually transmitted diseases, impotence, drug use, heart issues, etc. So yeah, those are things that would definitely not be appropriate for children. But I would say that for those of you who were kind of wavering on whether you wanted to cut back on your smoking and drinking, once you start watching Code Black, you are probably going to get guilt tripped into actually doing it. And to be quite frank, if you were already kind of wavering about actually doing that stuff, then maybe you should listen to your gut instincts and cut back on those things. It's better for you. But at any rate, so another series that I actually started watching is a really delightful series called Restaurant to Another World. Actually, Restaurant to Another World is based off of a series of light novels, and there was also a manga adaptation as well. In fact, actually, I will be discussing this particular title again when I do the upcoming episode on light novels. So suffice it to say, I would also recommend this particular series to any of you who are interested in a relaxing slice of life slash fantasy series. But I will give you one warning, which is if you watch this show, you are going to want to have some snacks with you because let me tell you, anime food is beautifully drawn and will totally make you want to eat the thing that you are seeing on the screen. That is how amazingly drawn steaks and hamburgers and pasta dishes are when you see them in an anime series. I would say that like for me, anime will always be something that I will appreciate. Even when I stopped watching a lot of shows, I still appreciated what I had seen before. And without a doubt, there are bound to be new shows that are just as good in the future. I'm just not somebody who's going to deep dive, binge watch them like I would have done 15 years ago. So I definitely feel a lot of sentimental connections to the shows that I watched when I was younger. And to this day, I will still say some of those shows that I watched back then are still shows that are in my top 10. So if you haven't already watched a show by this point, you should definitely check one out. There are so many different types of shows in terms of genre Because let me make it clear to anybody who doesn't quite understand the concept, anime is not a genre by itself. It's just a 
style, a type of animation. But in terms of content, there's a wide variety of genres that they cover. It covers everything from what would typically consider children's, you know, adventure stories, all the way to actually pornography. Anime pornography totally exists, and it is a thing. So it runs the gamut in content. So there is bound to be an anime series for you if you are somebody who does not typically watch anime or you're not overly familiar with it. If there is an interest from some of you out there who happen to not be anime fans but you're curious, I may actually do a follow-up episode where I actually list some of my personal favorites and some of my personal recommends. So if you're interested, please, please, please leave a comment, let me know, and I shall deliver. Anyway, thank you for listening, and see you next time. Thanks for listening, everyone. Catch us next time. And see what we're going to talk about. Because the three fates decide.